Yo, what's good people? It's Jay Cactus and we're back again with episode 22 of Cactus Combos now. In today's episode, I've got a very talented producer and content creator with me. He's a man who's built up a huge presence on Instagram and YouTube and he goes by Ed Talante. Ed, how you doing, man? What's up? How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm all doing good, good, bro. I can't complain. <laughs> so, man, I know you um you moved to Amsterdam recently. How's that? Yeah, been? It's, it's been like three months. I, I, dude, I love it here. I, yeah. I never want to leave. It's amazing. <laughs> I love Is that the first city. time you've been, or did you uh, visit before you moved there? No, yeah, I came like a couple times. Uh, the longest time was like a month. We came for August twenty last year, twenty twenty. Right. Uh, we stayed for like the whole month, and we just fell in love with the place. We actually at an Airbnb in like a specific spot and we actually yeah. got an apartment like next to it because we were just no like way. that's that's the spot we got that's go crazy yeah. have you no ever way. been yeah i've been i've been twice but they were like really short stays i went for a stag do one time so that was just like a, a crazy holiday and then the time before that um i think the same each time i've been it's been just been like two quick days so i haven't had a chance to do everything there but i, I loved it when i was there so i definitely right. want to get back yeah then you should come out there Oh, 100%, man. We need to do another one of those. I know we were speaking about it in the group, but we need to do like another Airbnb where all of us get together and cook up. So we definitely yeah, want to yeah. get you involved in that one. It'll be sick. I would love to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. Nice. So um, I know, I bet when you told people you're moving to Amsterdam, everyone just assumes that you're moving for one reason. <laughs> it's just to smoke <laughs> as much as possible. But yeah, dude, that's I heard like you don't all... even smoke. Is that right? Not really. I mean, sometimes, I guess, but not really. Yeah. It's like a very yeah. rare occasion. Yeah, yeah. But, but most people like all the comments are like, we know where you moved. Like, but it's-, <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually like a real nice place, isn't it? It's not like just about yeah. the weed. Obviously, that's that's a bonus if you if you smoke, but sure. I, I'm the same. I don't even smoke anymore. So, you know. So when you yeah. moved out there, what was the, was it just because you wanted a change? Was there nothing happening back home or what was the main reason? Yeah, it was mostly that. Like just we, we, had, we had been living in Italy, me and my wife, uh, for like five years at that point, right. like four and a half years. We were like, we need a, a change of pace. Like Italy is great, but yeah. and, and it's where I was born. But it's like we're in the middle of the countryside. There's like nothing around. There's no people to like yeah. interact with or like anything like that. So it just it's just we need a little bit of a change of pace. Go to a city that's a little more like you know inspiring. I guess. Yeah, it's a bit more um, active. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. people out here that I can actually like make music with and stuff like that. There's nothing like that back home. It's just like it's me in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so you couldn't you couldn't cook up with anyone there. You didn't have any artists that were local. Not really. I mean, th- there's no scene, and yeah. and it's uh, and especially no like hip hop scene. Like it's it's kind of like a few years behind, a few right. a lot like twenty years behind. So it's like <laughs> now like the popular thing. It's like. 70s rock <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah like people like people play like guitar and stuff like that and there's like a lot of you know like acdc like deep yeah. purple like stuff like that but it's like it's kind of like way way behind in terms of that so there's a little bit of hip-hop like there's like italian hip-hop but where i'm yeah, from i know, the I know there's a drill scene in italy right now i've been yeah like i always i always kind of check on other countries just to see what everyone's up to and i, I noticed there's a drill scene in italy and yeah, I especially brought, the south yeah yeah 100 percent. and i I think it was what day we on Monday. Yeah, so on Friday, me and LLB we brought an Italian drill rapper to the studio to make nice. um, a video, and that turned out sick. I think he's from Milan, um, but he was crazy. Like obviously, I don't speak any Italian, but the track came out crazy. So that's um, awesome. Excited to drop that video. Yeah, that's gonna be dope, dude. Definitely. So have you managed to link up with anyone in Amsterdam? Um, yes, actually, uh, I mostly just like I've been in touch with like a couple of guys that are like 
we're making melodies with. We actually did a video with one of them. Um, There's like a little bit of a studio. I, I just I, I've been here for three months. So I'm like meeting yeah. people and then slowly like expanding the circle. Um, right. But um, but yeah, I don't think there's I I mean. I know there's like music YouTubers, I guess, out here, <laughs> but but not really producers. Like they're like there's like a guitar players and like stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I don't know if there's any like producers like in the circle that are, that live here. Either way, though. Yeah, there's I a guess lot like of people. The, the more like the longer you're there, you'll just end up meeting a few people along the way. Like three months isn't that long to be somewhere, is it? So you're probably. Yeah unpacking for the first month getting everything set up for the next month and then <laughs> right you know, probably only just relaxing yeah plus i i spent my entire day in this room so either way yeah it's like yeah what's your schedule really. like right now do you have a set schedule where you get up at a certain time you do something in between certain times or is it just all over the place right now no it's like more or less i have a schedule i don't have anything like i'm not one of those people who like everything is planned to the minute or anything like that. Right. But uh, the majority of my time definitely goes into videos and everything related yeah. to that. But like I wake up pretty early usually and just kind of like chill and start preparing for that. And then I spend my morning shooting usually. Um, right. And then the afternoon is either editing or like working on thumbnails and stuff like that. And yeah. then, and then on the, uh, so when I post a video, I take like a few days where I do something else, like work on sample packs or work on whatever different kind of project. And yeah. then, back to it yeah just like it's like a constant cycle isn't it there's always something to do i know i don't know about you, but it's rare that i get time to just like make beats now even though we're producers i feel like yeah. we spend way more time on the content side <laughs> rather than the actual beat side yeah yeah same here absolutely but i kind of like that because ultimately i mean i decided i don't know where you're at with that but for me like halfway through last year when like youtube really started picking up i, yeah. I kind of like stepped back from the whole like selling beats which was kind of like my main job for like right. a year before that, a year and a half. And I was, I kind of stepped back. I haven't posted a beat on like my store in like over a year. I just, I just realized I didn't enjoy it that much. Right. Okay. The whole like leasing game. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, for, for me, it's a bit like I'm, I'm still selling beats. I still upload to my beat store. I'm, it's, it's not like a crazy amount. I'm doing one every two days, which I feel like is, is, is more than enough, really. Like yeah. once we're doing videos and everything on top of it. Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to grow that side, like I'm pushing email marketing and do things to grow that side. But then sometimes I do step back and think, you know what, like that side of the business is so small compared to the other side of the business with YouTube, with drum kits and everything. So sometimes I think, you know what, why don't I just put all my energy into like the, the YouTube side and just, just see that like blow up, you know? So yeah. I don't know. It's a tricky one. I guess I, you were probably going through that at one point, right? And then you thought, you know what, this is going faster than the other side. Was 100%. that the reason you dropped it? Yeah, and the, the main reason why I dropped it is because the other one picked up, like you said. But then yeah. I, I really started thinking about it, and I was like, do I still want to invest my time in that? And I realized that the thing that I like about YouTube is the freedom to do whatever I want. Like, right. I don't, you know, I'm not, like, tied to, like, I need to make this type of beat because it's kind of trendy. Like, I don't need to worry about any of that. I can just focus yeah. on, like, whatever music I want to make. And then usually, in fact, like, at night, outside of the videos, that's the time where I actually just make music for myself. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of gave me like a broader, I can cause on YouTube, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like, especially when I have a little bit of an audience, yeah, like if one day I just want to make like a rock song, I can do it and people <laughs> will watch it they would enjoy it. Um, but when you're like selling beats and you're in that game, it's like, you can't really do that. Like you kind of have to respect certain rules or you have your niche and people are expecting that. You kind of have to stick to that. It's just a little more limiting in my opinion. And, and I just kind of wanted to step out of that. Yeah, I guess you're targeting a specific audience with beats, aren't you? Like whether it's drill beats or like a certain type of trap beats. 
Um, right. I've definitely found that. And sometimes it gets a little bit draining because like, for example, one day you might wake up and you might want to make some heavy metal. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it could be random, but you could never do that on a page where you're uploading drill constantly. So right. sometimes I'm like, right, I need to cook up today, but I also need to upload to this channel. So it has to be a drill beat, even though I might not feel like making a drill beat. So yeah, hundred percent. Right. I, I, I do understand that. Did you have like a certain plan when you were selling beats? Did you, were you sticking to like one niche area? Was it one like certain genre or? Uh, I just, trying a few things? no, I was sticking to one genre, but it, I wasn't really doing it on purpose. It's just, uh, and that's why I quit that yeah. part because I enjoy, like I get into like phases where I make kind of like the same beat, like, cause I'm really in that mood. Right. Um, and that just happened to line up. Like at that time it was like the, you know, a lot of like flutes and like bouncy, like the baby yeah. sort of beats. Um, and, and that, that's genuinely what I wanted to make. And yeah. so it just happened to line up with also what was popular and was selling. Uh, right. but then as I started like growing out of that and then moving into something else, I'm like, well, then does it really line up with, you know, <laughs> rap i don't even make really beats for rappers i would say like i just it's just i don't even think about that anymore really You're just um, kind of making whatever comes to you whatever yeah kind of yeah i don't really yeah. think about the whole rapper dynamic thing i just make music or try yeah. to really. yeah that's, <laughs> that's it's good idea. to be able to have that freedom though definitely would you say that's always been the case on your youtube channel not like the, the beat side but you know for doing tutorials and everything was that were you always just doing whatever you felt or did you start with doing like one particular thing to, to build up a bit of an audience and then expand? Not really. I mean, I, I always tried to do what I actually wanted to do because that's the whole point, like to me yeah. at least, of this yeah. profession of like, it's so hard to get to the point to like where we are at, where you can do this full time. And it's right. like the, the thing that makes it worth it is that I can do whatever I want. If I don't have that freedom, then I might yeah. as well get in a different job you know it's like and just <laughs> yeah, do this for fun so. like the whole point is that i just want to do whatever i want i want to wake up in the morning and just be free to do whatever um yeah. and so and so yeah i always try to do what i actually want to do sometimes there's like certain videos that it's like you know you just do them because it's a good video to make but in general course, yeah. i just try to make whatever yeah nice i know how about like new people that want to start because I hear it. I hear like a mix of things from a lot of people. Like I, I myself personally, I, I grew my channel based on sticking to one niche area. I, you know, I, I wanted to be like, I, I, I actually make like and drill. Like I don't obviously hate making drill, even though I do it all the time. But yeah, I, I wanted to be like the guy that everyone comes to for drill tutorials. And I thought, right. you know, I want to fill in that gap first and then try and expand and do other things. And a lot of people say that a lot of people say you should kind of start off by sticking to one area and then expand once you've got a bit of an audience. So for new producers that are thinking about starting like a tutorial channel and, you know, getting the face out there, do you, th I guess there's a few ways of doing it, but would you personally recommend just doing anything, just whatever you feel like doing, or do you think it's smart to, to do it the other way and find like a bit of a niche, you know? I think they're both really good. The niche thing, it's really smart, especially if you catch on, on to that niche like early and then yeah. as the, as the genre blows up, you blow up with it. Right. Um, that that's great like if you can nail that then it's awesome it could at least in my opinion it can tend to like box you at some point because that people yeah. they just want to see that and maybe you're like well okay sure but i can also do this yeah, and you don't yeah. really care but but honestly i wouldn't worry about that like if someone was starting and even for me like when i was starting my goal was just like let's grow this like i'm not yeah. gonna focus on like the if i'm boxed or not boxed like i'm just gonna do whatever um yeah 
but also there's, there needs to be an element, I think, of like yourself and your personality, because ultimately there's like, mm. there are a million tutorials on YouTube on like how to do better 808s or whatever. But yeah. the only thing that you have that nobody else has is you. So the more oh, you, you can inject into that, um, the better it is, because then, you know, they come for the tutorial, but then at some point they also yeah. come because they just enjoy spending 10 minutes with you or whatever. Definitely. Um, and then you can, and then at that point you can really do whatever. Cause then people just really enjoy spending time with you, no yeah. matter what you do. They don't just come for the value and then they disappear, but they actually want to spend time with you. Almost like a friend, like yeah, a weekly 100%. hangout. Definitely. Yeah. It's like they get to hang out at your house, but not say anything. Like they don't even have to talk. They just stay with you. Just cook it up. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One thing that I've noticed in your videos is. Um, obviously your personality and in every video you're so happy you're so enthusiastic so have you always been like that is that it's obviously not something that you put on for the camera because you seem like you're naturally just a happy guy so has it always been like that you know like growing up have you always just been this happy kid i would say so i mean i i had my phases like everybody else <laughs> yeah <laughs> of yeah. like you know uh like struggle i guess but i never really yeah. had that much struggle in my life but just my, my own struggle but right uh in terms of like my job i don't know if you know like my story at all but like when i was 18 i just picked up from italy and went to to la to study drums and yeah. from that point on like after high school that from that point on i just really tried to stay true to like what i actually wanted to do and just follow yeah. that um and i was always sort of able to do it so far and so that just makes me happy because i'm every morning i wake up and i've been doing that for 10 years now uh, pretty yeah. much doing exactly what I wanted to do. At first, it was studying drums. Then it was playing drums for a living. And then uh, this this whole production phase. So it's like, yeah, I'm happy just because I get to do what I enjoy. Like, yeah, I just feel really lucky because I was able to to like do this and actually like execute on this yeah, plan. Could have gone really well. At the age of 18 as well, because that's not even, well, that's really young. And a lot of people at that age are still like studying. They might go to university, then wind up in a job that they don't really like. And that's right. what makes them unhappy. Once you're doing something full time that you hate, that's like the biggest, right. probably the biggest reason why people are unhappy. My 100%. opinion, anyway. So it's yeah, good that you're able to do that from such a young age. That was actually my goal. Like aside from music, which I really wanted to do, but my goal was like I really want to do something that I enjoy, and I want to I want to try to spend as little time as possible doing things that I don't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> there Did are you some people telling you that you're making a mistake though, because. I can imagine a lot of 18 year olds that are trying to do something with music. They've got parents or friends, teachers, whatever it is, telling them that, you know, that's, that's not a real career. You need to go into an office if you want to have a job. Um, <laughs> mostly my peers. Absolutely. Yeah. Like friends, friends would absolutely be like, why the hell are you just dropping everything here and going to the other side of the world <laughs> to, to hit some drums? Like, yeah. can't you just do that here and just you know chill? Um, but my parents have been super supportive since day one. Um, I mean, my dad's a musician too. And in a way, I think that right. if he could, because he, he's like obviously from a different era, so he couldn't really yeah. do anything like that. But in his head, he's like, if I was 18 now, I would totally want to do what he's trying to do. So yeah. let me support him and like, you know, push him in that direction because, you know, I can see that it makes him happy and, and he can feel this that same passion. So it's like, I wish I could do it. <laughs> that, that's that's my dad's perspective. Um, yeah, and so, so they've always been super supportive with that, yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense then if your dad's a musician, because for a lot of people, they might not have parents that have anything to do with music and they just don't understand it at all. But if your dad's a musician, he probably, he, he'll he'll know exactly what you were going through at that point, because he probably would have been going through the same thing at that age as well. 
Exactly. Yeah. And obviously they were scared of like, you know, are you going to be able to work? Are you going to get a job or like stuff yeah. like that? But then it's like, really, what does that even mean? Like, you know, people people have the steady jobs and then the company just goes to shit and a week later they don't. So it's like, is that really course, that much yeah. more secure? It's like, not really, you know? Yeah. Just, well, just we do all what you want. Lockdown and COVID, didn't we? Exactly. I think a like, lot of people lost their jobs then, but then the people that were thriving were probably people like us who were on YouTube. 100%. Because everyone was at home watching videos. Yeah, 100%. So it's like, is it even more secure to get a job in a bank? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So, man, it's been a. It seems like it's been a crazy journey for you, and it's been. It's been. I want to say it's been pretty quick, but you've obviously been doing it like all your life, so it hasn't been that fast. I think from people watching on the other side of the screen, they think it's quick because they just see the channel like spike up, but they don't really understand everything that's gone into it before that. So, right. how old were you when you actually started making music? Um producing beats i was 25 yeah. so it was like four uh, years right. ago yeah okay. i started super late but uh but playing drums which was what i did for most of my life uh yeah i was like 12 something like that right, like 12. Okay. uh and then i took it really seriously when i was like 14 to the point yeah. where like i almost wanted to quit high school and just like fuck everything i'm just gonna go play drums <laughs> but my parents convinced me to finish high school at least um yeah and then, and then, yeah, I was just obsessed with being a drummer. I wanted to be in a band, and I, I, I did that for a while. I was lucky enough to get to do that, like the tours and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I decided, you know what? It's like it's a lot. It's a really stressful lifestyle. I enjoyed it. I got to to like try it out. I want to try something different. Mm. Um, and so I really started diving into the production side and like being in my room, like chilling and not touring yeah. all the time. <laughs> Would yeah. you say was it the, like the traveling of being a drummer and just? You know, yeah. not being in one place was that was that the main thing that was kind of putting you up it? Yeah, especially like because if unless you do it at a super high level, like if you play drums for Kendrick Lamar, yeah, then it's like you know they fly you everywhere. You get hotels, you get you have a drum tech that builds shit for you. You just show up and play your right. show, and it's actually yeah. like pretty awesome. But um, when you tour with like you know alternative bands, like independent like rock bands and stuff like that, it's five yeah. dudes in a van for a month. <laughs> just driving eight hours a day getting to the Stinking place you have to unload the entire yeah you unload the entire truck set yeah. it all up play your show reload the entire truck it's like it's so brutal oh, you man. don't get to shower you shower like that one time that you find a gas station and you decide to shower oh, shit, really? it's like yeah it's five dudes in a van just all day long for a month so it's fun it's a blast with the right people yeah. but as i was getting older i was like do i really want to do this like for, <laughs> i don't know it's you know, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you just want a shower. That's all you want. Yeah, just want a shower, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as well, like being a, a drummer, especially if you're part of a band, it's like you're kind of the guy, you're just a, another guy in the background, even though it's like one of the main elements. It's like obviously the lead singer probably gets the most attention, right? And then sure. everyone else playing the instrument, like nobody really knows their name, even though they love the music. So yeah. unless you're someone like Travis Barker or, you know, someone that's just, blown up from it then i guess it's kind of hard to like make a real name for yourself by being a drummer yeah i mean you, you make a name for yourself in, in the circle i guess of like yeah. musicians and drummers but as far as like yeah like bigger stuff definitely not um yeah. and you're the one that has the most setup to do because fucking building the drums every night and tearing them down <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah that sounds like effort <laughs> yeah Definitely. it's a lot <laughs> so who introduced you to ableton like when did you make your first beat well you said it was like four years ago right but how did you even find Ableton? Were you just watching videos online? 
Pretty much. I mean, I, I was actually, I started with Logic because that's what I was using. Because right. I had a little phase where I was actually composing for like TV and stuff. I had a job oh, doing okay. that when I was still in LA. And so that's where I started getting my first glimpse into like the production of music, like what it felt yeah. to like have a DAW, virtual instrument, stuff like that, even though it right. wasn't hip hop at all. Um, and so I was, I started with Logic and then a friend of mine, when I had moved back to Italy, was like, dude, you got to try out Ableton. It's awesome. I just got it, blah, blah, blah. And so I tried it. And I loved it. I liked the workflow a lot. And I was like, yeah. I think this is it for now. <laughs> Did you yeah. try any other doors? Like FL or was it just um, straight to Ableton? Not enough to understand. Like I opened up FL one time like with a friend and they tried messing around with it, but I, I never really got into it. I don't even know yeah. really like the workflow. I don't know where the buttons are or anything like that. Um, and logic has been so long that I forgot where everything is. <laughs> so basically only Ableton right now yeah. <laughs> and Serato a little bit. Oh I yeah, a yeah. Few I did, I did yeah. my first video for Serato. I know. At first it was driving me crazy because I couldn't figure out anything. It, it looked a bit smooth in the video, but yeah, at one point it was driving me crazy. I yeah. think it was the 808s because I was dragging in the 808 and it was treating it like a sample. So it was chopping it up and like auto tuning. Right. I was like, how do I get this to just play C when I hit C? <laughs> yeah, that took me a while too. And then if you want to try to do like glides, you have to figure that all out, like that whole yeah, process yeah. out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting though, because it got me feeling like a new producer again, because for so long I've just used FL. I've only used FL, never really tried anything else. And I've just been like so comfortable with it. But as soon as you open up something else, you're like, man, this is what it feels like to be a new producer all over again. <laughs> That's the fun else. part though, because you like, you yeah. really like, it throws you off and you have to like come up with new solutions to the problems and then. You end yeah, up coming definitely. up with cool stuff. Definitely. Have you ever done a video where you've used FL and tried using that? Not yet. I mean, it's probably the most requested video. Like, <laughs> yeah, <of all>. yeah. <laughs> but I haven't done it yet. I just, I need to buy FL just to make that one <laughs> video. And I haven't, I haven't convinced myself yet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be a good one. It'd be a good one. There's always yeah. a constant battle, isn't there, about like FL versus Ableton or versus any door. Everyone's always comparing it like, no, this is the better one. Like they all do the same shit, really. I don't think yeah, they do. create a different sound. Nah. I think Decap actually put out a video one time. It could be Decap. I could, I could be getting that wrong, but he made a video like comparing them. Like he was bringing stuff into FL, bringing it into Ableton, all the same settings, bouncing it, and there was just no difference. Exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I, no I think so too. That it's like it's the same. It just the buttons are in a different place, but other than that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So man, so in terms of um, YouTube, I think when I looked on your channel, the, the first video was like five years ago. Am I right in saying that it was a bit of a, a drummer vlog? Oh, that, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's from like a different lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 definitely. So like pre, I think pre that was a, yeah, the very first one, but then I didn't know if you'd like deleted more since then, like if you were uploading consistently then, or if that was just like, oh no, it was just that one. Yeah. It was just that one. I mean, I actually opened the channel uh, in 2009, I think. To, right. to post like drum videos and stuff and yeah. between 2009 and and when i actually started youtube which was like 2019 yeah uh something like that i, mu I must have posted like seven videos <laughs> in that entire right. time yeah it was just like super sparse um yeah, yeah. so what so, made you actually start youtube then because i think the first time I, I came across you was on instagram i don't know if you were posting these videos before youtube but on instagram you, you built up quite a big audience doing like it was kind of like those beat videos, right? Where you're playing the playing like the drum pads along to the beat. Right. Um, yeah, I started with Instagram actually before YouTube. Oh, okay. Uh, and that was like what mid, early 2018. Yeah. Right. That's when I started on Instagram from from like zero, and that's uh, when I started developing like 
the first like brand thing, which was what you just said. Like where I went, like I was like outdoors in, in the garden and yeah, yeah. like outside and I was playing the drum pads. Um, and that kind of became my thing. Like I was one of the first people, there were a few others, but that I really made it its brand to be outside as stupid yeah. as that is. Um, and that kind of well, became my thing. one of the benefits of being in Italy where you were being in a right. remote place. Cause if you were in an apartment in a busy city, you couldn't just go outside and do that. So I probably need to stand out. Yeah. hundred percent. That made it a little bit different. Um, even though the beats sucked <laughs> first, especially, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how I grew the first little bit. And then at some point I was like, cause I've always wanted to do YouTube, like not even just yeah. music, just in general. I like the idea of being a YouTuber. I've always yeah. wanted that. Um, and so I was like, there's a few people that enjoy what I do. Why don't I try to take it over there and see what I can do on YouTube? Um, yeah. and also I started talking to like, uh, Simon Servita. I started talking, which was also just starting out. I started talking oh, okay. to Eldre, like other other people through Instagram. I was talking to them and I was like, yeah, it sounds like YouTube. There's like a lot of opportunities and like even for like eventually like sponsored videos and just really grow a business. And I was like, right. why not? Let's try it out. Yeah. And then you had, um, so you so when you started YouTube, obviously you already had some videos from the past. But then I think the first like maybe like 10 that you uploaded, it looked like they were more like how-to videos like the, the yeah. titles were pretty like you know it was like how to upload to beat stars or how to sell beats right. something like that right and then it quickly kind of changed into i want to say more like clickbait titles where it was like i made the hardest track beat you know right what, what made you switch that up well so i i i started yeah like you said with like all the how-tos and stuff like that because i was really i mean i i was experimenting with different things yeah. um i was just starting out and then we did a video with Simon actually and Chris Pancelan and Sicky right. Beats where it was like the four producer one sample. I oh, had yeah. just started YouTube. So that really helped me like put me on the map like quickly. Right. Um, and, and I did that and I was like, hold on, like this video is doing so well because this is, this is YouTube, right? Yeah. So I need to approach this as a YouTuber, not as a producer making tutorials. Right. Like the tutorials need to be disguised as YouTube videos. I mean, they are YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah. And so I really started like studying and analyzing like YouTubers rather than producers yeah. um, and getting ideas from that. I mean, like, you know, if I want to play the YouTube game, I got to play the YouTube game, not something else. Yeah, definitely. So that, no, that was I mean, kind of like the thought process for that. For that sure. makes sense. And were you looking at any, like, were you doing any keyword research using tools like vidIQ and TubeBuddy or was it just going back to just doing what you felt like doing at the time? No, I was definitely using keyword like research and stuff, especially right. for tutorials. Um, but when you when you start making videos that are called like you know the best beat ever or I made the craziest yeah. beat, those are awful for keyword research. There's no keyword <laughs> yeah, in that. Class, that's no like, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like exactly. So, so at some point, I just started focusing on, and and I'm still doing it now, like more and more. That's kind of like where I'm really trying to go into yeah. like the storyline of the video and like a good video idea rather than just like me making a beat, which ultimately it's like, sure, some people care, but it's like nobody really cares about me just making right. a beat. Yeah. Um, and I started really thinking about like, how can I turn the process of me making a beat into like a story, into something that yeah. I can, that has like purpose uh, beyond just the beat. Um, yeah. And so that's always been like the, the thought process from that point on. I just kept developing on that and hopefully getting better at it over time, getting closer to it. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So no, not really a lot of keyword research. I mean, at first, but then I kind of sort of stopped with that. I still have vidIQ. Just when yeah. I'm trying to title a video, I look up different title ideas and see which one could work better. But 
I don't even know if it matters that much. I mean, it matters if I guess for some kind of videos, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit like unsure. I think when I first started the channel, I was obsessed with keyword research. I thought it was just all about keywords, so I was just doing it nonstop. But then after a while, I was like, I think I just found that watch time is just more important than anything. Like if people go on the video, they like what they see, they stay on the video, then they click on another video. Like surely that's exactly. got to be the most important thing. I think yeah, maybe dude. years ago, keywords were like huge and like, if you were ranking, you'd always show up first. But now I think on YouTube, search results are different for each person anyway, because they recommend what you're used to seeing. So if I type in a keyword, I think my results are going to be different to what you'd see if you typed in that same keyword, because they recommend stuff that you kind of watch, don't they? So I don't even think it shows up as the same stuff for everyone. It doesn't. But uh, unless you, you, you end up like really dominating that one keyword, that yeah. kind of shows up for everybody. Like if you type in, you know, drill beat tutorial, I'm sure you come up like no matter who types it in. But yeah, um, I've tested it a few times. I think I've got one video where it's like the ultimate drill tutorial. I think that right. one usually pops up. <laughs> right. And that, I mean, honestly, cause I'm, I'm bashing on keywords, but like yeah. my two or three biggest videos are definitely keywords because if you type, or I don't know if it's still like that, but for a long time, if you typed uh, best free plugins or best free sample pack, both of right. those would just be me at the top. And so those videos got a lot of views and those are some pretty big keywords. Yeah. Um, so I'm bashing on keywords, but I mean, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> I guess they can be helpful and growing. Yeah, sure. I, suppose, I suppose they're good for just being on YouTube for a long time because obviously YouTube's a, a search engine itself, isn't it? So when you do those kind of videos, it's like, it might not grow straight away, but then after like two years, because people are just constantly searching that keyword, that's when you start to see the numbers pick up. Whereas right. maybe the clickbait ones, they might just like, they, they just like blow up maybe a bit faster than the others. Maybe the others are slow burners. I think that's what I've yeah. found anyway. 100%. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, I heard you mention, well, when we were speaking earlier, you just said that you, um, you used to do like commercials, like scoring for commercials. And then you did a video recently, right? Where you scored for a different commercial. Right. I, I watched that. Did that end up getting placed? Like, did they end up using that? No, I don't think so. Oh, really? <laughs> no, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Did they, did they um, give you any feedback? Not really. I mean, they don't really do that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's course. usually like the way it works is that they they hire a bunch of producers to do demos. Right. And they still pay you for that. Oh, they still pay you for the demo? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. They, they don't even pay it like that bad. Like maybe they gave you like, it depends on the brand, but maybe they give you, it could be even like a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, For the demo. And then... Right they hire like maybe like let's say 10 producers to do 10 demos and yeah. then they pick one which actually gets the job and that's the one that gets you know a lot of money oh, okay. um and then the other ones just do the demo and, and anything but if you want to really do it like full time the key is to just do to get as many demos as possible like to get in touch with all the, the different companies and have all, the, all yeah. the connections to like in that circle so that you just you're able to if you're able to do like three demos a day i mean you're going to make a killing even just doing demos if you don't place Definitely. anything and so, yeah, that's kind of the whole game. But that was actually my first commercial because I used to do like TV shows. I actually never did a commercial. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least you got to make a good YouTube video out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that, probably the main thing for you. Yeah, that was kind of, I cared more about that than actually a commercial, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. So is, there, is it not something that you want to go into further? Because it's just another area where it's like, where you'd have to spend more time when your main focus is YouTube. Yeah, and also it's the whole leasing beats again. It's like I have yeah. to do something that I don't 
really like, it's not like I wake up in the morning, I'm like I can't wait to score a car commercial. <laughs> so it's like, it's fun, but it's not exactly that. But for example, if I got in touch with, I don't know, if I got in touch with like a filmmaker and he was making a movie and he asked me to make the music that I would love to do. Cause it's a yeah. project where I'm actually like hands on. Um, the same yeah, with like definitely. the beats, like the only play that, that was another thing, but like the, one of the reasons why I stopped like following, like even placements, cause the few that I got were like, I had nothing to do with the song. Like right. I just sent out the beat and then the song just popped out and I was like, okay, I, I feel yeah. no, con- like I didn't have any, uh, I felt like it wasn't even mine. I mean, it wasn't, I just made a random beat and then it just ended up getting picked by someone. So it's like, yeah, I don't really enjoy that. I like, you know, being a part yeah. of the process or being in the studio with the artist. Hands on and like yeah. actually create the song rather than just sending a beat out and then having someone exactly. use it. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like sync placements though, I feel like that could be good for some people because when people get into production, they think that the only way to make money is by selling beats. And every question you get asked is, bro, how do I sell beats? Or right. how do I market my beats? And it's like, that's not the only way you can make money as a producer. Um, no, there there are so many. I mean, in fact, like whenever I get that question, my advice is always flip it backwards. Like think about what you want to do, like yeah. what you really want to do, and then try to figure out a way to monetize that rather than like trying to do an activity that you think is going to make you money. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree. Because I mean, there's so many ways like for, for you, like personally, what what ways have you found to, to make an income other than from selling beats? Obviously, there's YouTube and selling drum kits. Have you tapped into anything else? Uh, there's courses. I haven't done a course yet, but there's yeah. definitely courses. Uh, but those are kind of all connected to like having an audience. Um, right. Then there's the whole world, which is a whole different world of uh, movies, TV shows, just sync stuff, uh, commercials, yeah. stuff like that. Um, then there's uh, ghost producing. It's another way to make a lot of money for yeah. people that are able to get into it or just even just sample like loop making for other producers. So it's kind of right. like ghost producing. Um then there's like more hands-on stuff, like giving lessons to people, like which I used to do for the longest time. Um, there's even like, I mean, I used to even do like do, do like DJ stuff, like at weddings and stuff like oh, really? that to make money. Yeah, like I tried every single avenue <laughs> to like make money because you know when you want to do it full time, like especially a few years ago when I didn't have an audience or anything. Yeah, um, I had to kind of like you know get a little bit here, get a little bit there, like try everything out. It's like um, Vegas Capuchins at that point when you really need the money. It's like you're willing to do anything. It's like yeah. whatever it is that's related to music, I'll do it. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't, I don't even think it's a bad thing because anything that you do, even the stupidest thing, uh, you end up learning something or just doing a new experience. And then you're like, okay, I, I got something from that. Like pretty much oh, with everything. So, no, definitely. I could say the same for, for like engineering because when I was first trying to sell beats, I'd, I'd put together a package and say, I think it was something ridiculous. It was like every every beat that I sell, I'd mix like the whole thing for you as well. So I was like mixing people's beats and selling beats for like nothing. But at the same time, I was learning how to how to engineer. So then, you know, I was watching tutorials. I was like, I need to get sick of engineering because then people keep coming back to me. But now, even though I don't offer engineering services, really, like whenever I'm in a studio with an artist or if I have someone that I want to make a track with, I know how to just get those vocals sounding clean now. And it's such like a... It's a good skill to have, especially if you're in a studio, because if you don't have a clue how to record someone and it's just you and the rapper, like, what do you, what do you do? You don't know what's going on here. So exactly. Plus, if you can get them to sound good, like if they hear themselves back and they're like, oh shit, I sound so great. Yeah. They love, they immediately love you. Cause you know, that's, yeah. You want to make me like, sound I'm good. fucking with this guy. Cause yeah, <laughs> he makes me sound good. good every time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So um, in terms of like social media, like obviously right now, you're still posting on Instagram a bit and obviously YouTube. Do, are you focusing on any others like TikTok? I know you've got a Discord going. The Discord, the Discord, I focus a lot of energy into that um, yeah. as much as I can, at least just because that's kind of like it's kind of like the hub for like the gang, you know, for like the fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we get to hang out and do like events and stuff like that. Um, as far as like TikTok or any other sort of social media, I don't really invest. I haven't really invested that much time into it because I just realized that I don't use TikTok. Yeah. And so because I don't use it, I also don't really understand some of the dynamics. Um, right. And so it's just like, I don't want to invest time in a platform that I don't even use. Right. It's like, it just seems counterintuitive. Um, and, yeah. and then I just, you know, if, if I'm honest with myself, what do I do when I have some free time? I open yeah, up yeah. YouTube and watch YouTube. I don't open up TikTok. And so I resonate with YouTube. I understand YouTube. I enjoy YouTube as a consumer too. Um, and so I, that's like really what I, what I'm focusing on. Plus yeah. on the side, I do think that because of the nature of YouTube and how it's structured and how it works, um, unlike all the other social medias, I think it's going to be around for a very long time. Uh, while the other ones are kind of like rotating around and this one disappears and no one comes in. Um, I feel like YouTube is sort of like the counterpart of Netflix. Um, yeah. in fact, in some ways I think they have more potential to last than Netflix itself because they have endless free content. Like they don't have to pay money to make shows. It, they just come to yeah. them. Um, no, hundred percent. So YouTube is not going anywhere for a long time. The other ones, they could go, they could stay, but yeah. they're going to have their own like social media cycle, just like Facebook did, just like MySpace did, just like Instagram is kind of having right now. So yeah. it's like, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think um, I think YouTube seems to be the most secure one because YouTube's just been around for so long already. And we've seen a lot of other platforms like come and go. Obviously, Facebook being main, one of the main ones, even though it's still huge, it's like... Who really uses Facebook now? It's mostly our like parents that are using Facebook. Exactly, that's <laughs> in, the like, demographic. Facebook yeah. groups in the local area, right? Um, but YouTube's just always been there, and it's because it's a search engine, the videos just last a long time on there. But when you post something on Instagram, it's like you've got that one moment to impress people and do something, but then that video just gets lost, and like no one's ever gonna find it again. So, and that's why I loved YouTube because. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find that some of my old videos just out of nowhere just start getting views, and then I like. This video has just got like X amount of views in the space of a month. But when I first uploaded it, it was doing shit. It wasn't really getting anything. So right. it's crazy to see. Yeah, 100%, dude, 100%. And even yeah. like with, with Instagram, like you're, you're totally right. Um, and it, it changed a lot. Like when I started in 2018, it was yeah. so easy to get an audience. If you were making some like cool stuff um, and you were just using the, the hashtags and all like all that. It yeah. was actually fairly easy to get views. Like I used to get more views when I had like 2000 followers than now on oh, Instagram. Really? Yeah. Because the videos just got pushed to a bunch of people. And so, yeah, you know, I had these were like 50,000 views, like in the first 24 sure. hours. Yeah. It was crazy. And then it just stopped because, you know, they, they changed up their, their whole system. And now it's like the only way to really like get new followers. It's maybe reels because they're still pushing yeah. that. Yeah. But like, Everything else is just like a percentage of your audience is going to see it, but no new people. It's like super hard to like actually get it to go anywhere. It's not yeah, a great platform. It's one of the worst grow. platforms to actually target your own audience. Like I don't know what percentage of your own audience you reach, but it's very small. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Even stuff like I've noticed recently, I know they've got rid of swipe ups now for most people, but 
Well, I found whenever I was doing swipe up stories, my, my views on my stories would just drop like so much. And then if I was doing normal stories, like a couple of days later, they'd be back up. And like they give you these tools and like give you these incentives to like hit 10K on Instagram. As soon as you use them, they're just like, no, we don't want anyone clicking off Instagram. So we're going to punish you for it and just not let anyone even see that story. Like right. it just makes no sense. I hadn't even noticed that. I never paid attention to that. That's yeah, cool. maybe it was just me. I, I saw um, I saw Prod by Jack. You posted something about it, and I was like, "Damn, it's not just me. It's, um, it's happening to other people as well." So it's strange. It's That's so, interesting. Sometimes I think all they want to do is just get people to to buy ads, so they start limiting your views and limiting your reach. But then, if you spend some money, then you can reach the rest of your audience. It's like, well, you have to pay just to reach your own audience. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. That's how Facebook is. So, so it's the same company. Yeah. So they're probably doing the same thing. Definitely. Have yeah. you ever run ads for, for YouTube, Instagram? Not for YouTube and not for Instagram either. I ran ads for uh, for a little while. I tried the whole funnel thing, selling oh, okay. the packages. Actually, went great. Like I was so surprised. Uh, and was that like the, the midi money course that you did? Yeah. Um, or was that just the, thing? Gabe actually hit me up because this was like was it beginning of 2020? Yeah, beginning yeah, of 2020. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he hit me up and he was like here's the course, like if you want to check it out or if you want to do some like content about it or whatever. Uh, oh, nice. And he sent it to me. And then I, at first I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what this is. And I yeah. actually opened it. I got into it and I started like going through the whole thing. And I was like, I don't know. Let me try this out. This was early 2020. So the YouTube was growing, but it wasn't kind of where it is now. Yeah. Um, so it was like, it could be another fun source of revenue. And I tried it and it actually went great. But, um, but that's the, the time where I really dived into the ads and I really used them. And then I used them a little bit for like, the sample pack but i didn't really right. do it that much mostly it was for the funnel ah okay if, yeah. if it was going great why, why did you stop or was it just because you you would kind of like take your foot off the like production selling gas you know it's, what i mean it exactly go over to it, the youtube side was that why it was that's that's exactly why like i i started like slowing down and then i, I realized that if i wanted to keep that up i had to um first of all pour more money into it because that's the whole game yeah. it's like right. you, you you pour a ton of money into ads and yeah. as long as the return is a little bit bigger, you make the little bit of slice profit. Um, right. And I was like, it's just a game that like I'm not really feeling. It. And also, you have to keep putting out like new packs of beats, which means making lots of beats. Yeah. Which is something that I don't really do anymore. Because um, they were quite big packs as well, weren't they? It was like yeah. even five away, but then offering like huge packs. Yeah, you want to do like huge packs for a stupid low price, and then yeah. just put like the the just push it out to as many people as possible and just, you know, make money on the quantity rather than, you know, just selling one for a lot of money. You just sell right. the same 40 beats to like as many people as you can for 10 bucks and then yeah. it piles up and you make some money. Um, but yeah, at some point it just, it just wasn't worth it. Cause like I, I had to invest time into it and the return was pretty good, but I started yeah. making, you know, decent money through everything that I was doing aside from that. So I was like, I don't know, it's not really worth it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, do you have any other ways of like marketing the stuff that you do now? Like, would you say like drum kits and like sample kits are your like biggest sellers at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Um, do, you, do you have ways that you market them, or is it just to come through the YouTube channel more than anything? It's mostly just that, just using them in the in the YouTube channel, and they're always linked in the description, and yeah. I use them often in the actual like. I never really talk about it except for the, when I actually like released it, when I right. release a new pack. But in general, I just use them and they just appear and, you know, they just kind of yeah. do it by themselves. So I don't have to really do much about that, um, which is nice. 
but um <laughs> well i guess it's just a natural way of promoting them like you make sounds that you want to use in your own productions people like the beats that you're making with those productions so then they want to buy it because it's like if your beats are coming out fire then i'll have the right tools to make a fire beat if i get that kit so it makes sense yeah and i always put the little card when i'm like doing drums or 808 i'm always I put the little youtube card that says uh get this exact 808 for example get this exact yeah. 808 you click in it takes you to the kit so it's like i try to like tie it in as much as i can Right. But um, but yeah, that's about it. I don't really do any other marketing, to be honest. Yeah, probably should. How about, how about, <laughs> I guess it's like YouTube like does wonders, but you could probably like because I don't do loads of different marketing. I do email marketing, and I'm, I might get into ads soon. I'm, I'm doing a course right now for ads. Um, but I mean, YouTube seems to do the trick more than anything. But yeah, if if like sales are good with kits just for YouTube, it just makes you wonder like what else you could do if you kind of went in with other forms of marketing like SMS marketing and. Facebook cards on kids. So hundred percent. Do you use email marketing right now? Like do you keep in um, touch with everyone with through emails? Every now and then I have a bunch of emails because every time I did like a free pack or like a free yeah. thing, um, I just collected a ton of emails. Um, yeah. But I don't really use it to the max, but sometimes I, I send out emails. So I kind of check in or like to send like a mini little tutorial in the form of an email or something yeah. like that. Or obviously when I release a new pack or, anything like that. I blessed out like a couple emails, um, right. but I could definitely do better with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like, I, I got to a point where I'm like, I'm so focused on like just the growth. Yeah. And, and I, I, the first like year and a half of doing this, this whole thing, I was really focused on like the marketing, like all the stuff I really like trying to get do that. But yeah. then I don't know. I just kind of, even if I make a little less money, it's fine. It's enough to, to be yeah, yeah. where I want to be. So it's like, yeah, I'd rather focus my time on like other stuff and really invest into like making better videos, uh, putting more time into the editing, which takes forever. Um, and, and I do quite a, quite a few sponsored videos too, um, yeah. with different companies that, that I actually enjoy and I develop a relationship. Like I feel like that's more valuable rather than just selling the kits. And I just let the kits go by themselves, you know, as much as they can. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So marketing no, would be nice. <laughs> that makes sense though, because there's, there's been times where I've, like say for example, because I, I use email marketing and there's been days where I'm setting everything up in the back end, like all the sequences and stuff. And I'm like, I spent like half a day setting up a sequence and I'm like, man, I could have been spending this time like working on a YouTube video or just doing the stuff that has proven to be the most like successful thing, you know? So right. I, I don't completely understand that. Like you can, <laughs> you can spend a lot of time like trying to market stuff, trying to sell things. Um, doing all promotions and everything, but really it all comes down to the quality of your content. That's going to be the main thing that's going to help you grow. So, 100%. yeah, I think you're right. The rest is just like maybe a little extra, but if yeah. it's like an extra 2%, I'll, I'll leave that on the table and I'll just focus on something else. Maybe yeah. it's not though. Like if you do it right, there's a lot of potential. Like I don't want to say that it's not because they're, you know, email course, marketing yeah. is super powerful. But, yeah. um, but like you said, it's only powerful if you invest some serious time into it. Right. So, like no, trail. that's right. And there's only so many hours in the day. Maybe at one point, like, have you ever thought about getting a video editor? Or do you just never like editing them? Uh, I, first, I do love editing them and I'm a control freak when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually tried, I don't know, a lot of editors. Really? Um, but never, they never, not a single video that's on my channel actually was edited by anybody else. Um, I just right. tried out a bunch of editors, but I just, it just never works. The only scenario where I think I could get an editor which I'm actually working on right now um, is I'm moving out of this. I'm trying to move out of this, get an extra like space. Um, yeah. And then I, I want to hire an employee to just 
comes in eight hours a day, works there. That's it. Salary. Um, and he just works there all day that I could do. And then they can help right. me edit. They can help me like make simple packs and stuff like that. But we're working together in the same room or like, you know, yeah, next to each yeah. other. So it's like, I can really like, I can almost like train him to, to do my style of editing and everything. But it's yeah. from a, if it's from a distance and I send out the footage and then they edit it and then they send it back and then I send it back with notes. And then we do that a couple of times. It's like, yeah. it takes longer. I might just fucking do it myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I've experienced that a few times. Like I, I edit all my own videos, but then if I ever do, when I, when I usually do like a vlog style video, like for example, the MBB one that we did, if I've got like loads of footage, then usually I send that to, I had, I had this girl just reach out on, on Instagram just saying that she watches the content, she's a video editor, she wants to try edit one of my videos and I, I tried it. I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go because it might give me some spare time and she was actually really good. And then nice. I thought, like that's that's going to be good to use for those times where I just might not have the time to edit them myself. I might be away for a few days, you know, it could be anything. And I found it to be really helpful and it's just been like, yeah, I, I could see myself eventually like maybe getting a full-time editor because all that time I spend editing videos, even though I do kind of like it and I'm a bit like you, like I've, I've got like a certain way I like doing it. Um, if someone else has taken that off you, it would just give you so much more time to like develop your own skills in like the stuff that you want to focus on more than anything else. Right. But there have been times where, for example, if I, if I'm filming all weekend, like the footage is like a hundred gigabyte and then I'm not trying to upload that to center and it's like, <laughs> shit, I've got to leave. I literally had to leave my laptop on just uploading like all night. So right. then I have to send it the next morning and then she sends it back with the same thing as edits. And then sometimes, like you said, you could just put in those like four or five hours and just edit the video yourself. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you really find the right person, I think it's, it's a great investment. In fact, it would be the yeah. first one I would do. Like if you can really find the right person, cause that can help you like make more videos, grow faster and like scale up the whole thing. Um, of course. But finding the right person, man, it's hard. That's it's the really tough bit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I guess I got kind of lucky with someone reaching out, but I yeah. think if she did it and I was like actively like trying to find someone, cause you could put up a story on Instagram and you get like a thousand people popping up who yeah. might That's not be I like did. serious about editing or, you know, they might've just dabbled in a few things yeah so yeah that's that's kind of what i tried and and i tried a lot of different people like i actually had him like answer a questionnaire kind of like a job interview sort of right um and then i just picked the best ones and they were they were the thing is that they're good editors it's not that they were bad it's just yeah. that it's so hard to like get your vision exactly across and yeah. so it's like you know at some point you got to decide like how far you want to be like on it and how much you're like okay that's good it's fine um, definitely because as, so as you're filming, you've probably got a vision in mind. Like, I, I know exactly, like, what parts to cut out, like, what to, to add, you know, what effects to add, like, whatever it might be. But if yeah. you have an editor that hasn't seen you film that, they're just watching it, like, fresh for the first time and just don't have any idea. They'd have to watch it and then figure everything out. So, yeah, right. it's definitely tough to, to, like, get that vision across. Definitely. So you think if you've got someone full-time, would they need to be a producer? Like, would it need to be someone that can do, like, everything that you do now? Or would it be more to do, like, the admin side of things? Um, no, the, the admin actually have uh, my wife, Alyssa, that does most of it, like oh, nice. emails, like responding to emails or even like setting up, like when we do an email, like she usually does the draft and I yeah. just kind of correct it or like fix it at the end a little bit. But oh, okay. um, she takes care of that. No, I, I would honestly want a person that is very young and yeah. wants to be sort of where I am or further right. up. Um, and they just come to learn, which is what I did when I was in LA, when I was doing that movie yeah. stuff. 
that's exactly what I did. I was working for this guy called Magnus Fines, which is like a big composer. He did like movies and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And we were, he had this like crazy ass house. I know, I know it doesn't really <laughs> matter, but dude, like Hollywood Hills. It'll be inspiring to see though at that point. Dude, I know. 20 grand a month in rent. Damn. It was this <laughs> insane place. And, sure. and he had me and another dude, pretty much the same age as me, each kind of same spot. And we were yeah. just in the room with him. So he taught us everything. Like not not just everything about music production, but everything about everything. Like everything yeah. that he was doing, like he just taught us so much. Um, and so that's kind of what I would like to have with another person kind of from the other side now, um, yeah. where they can get really like a real glimpse into the business. Like how does it work with sponsorships? How do I film my videos? How do I edit my right. videos? How do I make sample back? Like everything. Um, and they can help me with sort of everything and learn together. So that's yeah. kind of the ideal situation, but it's really tough to find the right yeah, person. But- I suppose, yeah, you're right, because that, like, if it's someone that's a bit younger that's, you know, like, maybe looking up to you, they might, they're probably going to be more hungry for it, whereas if you find find someone, like, a, a bit older that is, I don't know, like, maybe, like, once you get to a certain age, it's like, you don't really want to listen to people as much, and you're just like, right. you know what, no, I, I could do this, like, you know, I'm not trying to listen to him, I just want to do my own thing, but I guess younger people still have a lot to learn, so... They'd be more like eager to work for you and and or just work with you and like kind of build up together and learn from you. Exactly, and exactly that's exactly what you said. Like I don't want it to just be somebody's. It's just like oh, it's their job. They do it as quickly as they can, and then they move yeah. on. Uh, I want them to like really be focused on it, which is what I, what I did, and I know it helped me so much. So it's yeah. like I know I can help other people too. Like it's not, you know, and you get paid, so it's a job still. But um, yeah, of course. But at the same time, it's like you really get to see what you want to be or try to be or something like that. And you can really Definitely. learn a lot from that. Sure. I guess the, the only thing with that is maybe once they get to a certain point though, they might want to just branch off and, and then do their own thing. That's and fine. Like, you know, obviously that's, that's fine. Yeah. It just means you'll have to, to find a new, a, another young person <laughs> and, you know, do the whole cycle again. hundred <laughs> percent. But at the same time, I feel like, um, you also like, I mean, if I imagine, for example, that I found a person and we, we grew together and stuff. And then two years later, he starts his own channel as he's working for me and yeah. he's already in the video. So he gains a following and now all of a sudden he's got a hundred thousand subscribers and he's like, yeah. you know what? I'm done with this. Uh, I mean, that would make me just so happy. That's like this kid. Now it's got his own fucking audience and career. Yeah. It's awesome. It would so, feel rewarding, wouldn't it? That you yeah. kind of help someone get to that point. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Is that one message that you get from a lot of people to, you know, do you get a lot of messages from people saying that you've inspired them, you've helped them like get to a certain point in their career? Sure. Like, just anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely from, from the YouTube videos. And I think a lot of it, it's usually related to what you said earlier, like me being always like in a good vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and just, just being a good mood and just, you know, spreading that, that positivity, I guess. <laughs> um, course, yeah. I feel like people can relate to that. And like, they, you know, th- those are the most messages that are about that. Like how... Yeah. Uh, I help them with that, but also like the tutorials, like people that there's something about teaching on YouTube, which is a free platform that I right. think it's really, it's kind of like good karma, you know, cause it's like you Definitely. put this stuff out there and you, and you teach everything, you know, like there's no secrets. It's not like I'm holding the good stuff only if you pay for like, it's like, I'm just giving it all out. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what we're all doing. Like every, all of us. And, and I think there's something really, really interesting about that, especially for people. Cause you know, it's not oh, something that you get in the real world. In the real world, you have yeah. to pay for everything. <laughs> not everyone has the money to, to like buy an expensive course or even like just go move out and go to university. So to to give people that for free, 
I do, people definitely do appreciate it. Yeah, like, it's, I, it's I, a crazy I, feeling. I do think that courses are, are great, and same for like universities and stuff like that. Yeah, or even like a private teacher, because on YouTube you can only do so much. Like for example, if I wanted to do an in-depth guide to compressors, right. I couldn't do that on YouTube because the algorithm would just kill me. Like nobody yeah. cares. It's not um, your style of content either. Yeah, it's not my style of content. It's not entertaining. It's boring shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's like, um, it would just kill you. So, you know, for the more like technical, like in-depth stuff, I think that courses are still the way to go um, because you can get, right. you people can go really boring in-depth into stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but for everything else, YouTube is, is the best place. Yeah, 100%. What would you say to someone that is thinking about starting a channel or just thinking about starting to become a, a producer because a lot of people that have negative thoughts and they think that could never be me, it only happens to a certain type of person. You know, what kind of advice would you give someone that's just starting out? I would say start immediately. And yeah. because the, the first hundred videos, if you want to be a YouTuber or first hundred beats, if you want to just do the producer thing, they're going to suck and just be okay <laughs> yeah, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Mine sucked too, even more than a hundred. Um, <laughs> So it's like accept the fact that when you start, you're going to be not great because right. it's normal. Uh, and I think a lot of people struggle with that because they're like, I'm going to put myself out there and it's not good enough. It's like, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's supposed to be bad. You're just starting. It's going to be bad. Just <laughs> accept course. that. Um, but the sooner you start, the sooner you can get those hundred beats out of the way. And right. then you can start actually getting into the good part of it. Um, but but as, as, if you don't start, you never still start building that like compound effect of everything yeah. you're doing. So it's just start as soon as possible, whatever, with your phone, with terrible audio, with no, nothing, just do anything um, and just get the bad stuff out of the way as quickly as you can. Cause it's going to happen no matter what you can wait 10 yeah. years and your first Android videos are still going to suck. Like there's just no <laughs> way around. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that would be my advice. Just yeah, no, I think I think that's a big key though because a lot of people think that they have to wait for the right moment. Like my beats need to be ready before I upload my first beat, or I need to become more confident on camera before I do a tutorial. And it's just it's not the case at all, man. Like I'm not natural on camera. Like when I did my first tutorial, which wasn't even that long ago, I was like so nervous pulling out the camera and talking. I was like having to press stop and redo it so many times. Right. Well, you kind of learn from your mistakes, don't you? And you. You see the advice that people are giving in the comments and like you just learn certain things along the way and you improve with the more you do it. So it's like the, the only way to get better at anything in life really is just to, to keep doing it. And I just tell that to people all the time, even though it sounds cliche, like I'll oh, just keep doing it, stay consistent. But really, that's it. Like there's no secrets. Like You can look at SEO tools, you can do certain things, you can pay for ads. But the only real way to grow in anything is to just keep doing what you're doing and again, stay consistent with it. And just learn from your mistakes. I like, don't be afraid to fail. Like nothing wrong with failing. Hundred percent, dude. It's like it's like going to the gym. You can't go to the gym one day and the next morning hope <laughs> to wake up with a six pack. That's not yeah. how it works. <laughs> Benching two hundred kg the first time. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You just gotta go every day yeah. and and see all the the perfectly in shape people around you. Just keep doing it, yeah. and then eventually you get to a point where you look in the mirror and you're like, oh. I'm kind of in shape too now. <laughs> it just kind of happened, you know? But it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, I think that a lot of people have that mentality of like, I'm just going to start and then tomorrow is going to be great. But it's like, yeah. then you get let down. So, yeah. <laughs> of course. 
Well, man, I think that's a perfect way to, to end the podcast, really. I think, um, you know, people are going to learn from that. Hopefully it's inspired a few people. So, yeah, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for, for actually taking the time to come on the show because I know you've been really busy recently. Yeah, thank so, you, dude. Thank you for having me. This is, this is a blast. <laughs> no problem at all, man. But, yeah, just for anyone that hasn't got you on socials, just let everyone know where they can find you. And if there's anything that's been released soon, if you've got any drum kits, anything that you wanted to promote, then just let everyone know. Just Ed Talenti. Just follow Ed Talenti wherever yeah. platform you use. It. I'm going to be on there, hopefully. And and you'll find all the new stuff that comes out as it comes out. <laughs> all right, perfect, man. Well, yeah, once again, thank you. Um, we'll definitely thank you, keep dude. in touch. Yeah, for sure, dude.